is prepare to work hard, put put uh, and and give it the runway that it deserves. And when I say by what I mean by runway is, you know, uh, it's going to take longer than what you think to be successful. It's got, yeah, I think people are looking for short, short-term wins, right? Uh, uh, get rich quick, whatever it is. But, but if you think in terms of decades, you know, in, instead of in the next two years, I'm going to make this much money, right? If you think in terms of, you know, put some longevity behind your plan, right? And then go execute on your plan because those, the, the correct expectations will be set. Uh, you'll build a solid foundation. You'll learn a ton along the way. You'll have a lot of fun. But, uh, but that, that's kind of, I guess that would be my advice is, you know, uh, think in terms, think a little, think a little longer term instead of short term. Everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great uh, guest on the podcast, uh, Rick Garcia. And uh, Rick uh, started out in high school, and in his own words, he was a hustler to make money. Um, he also played uh, high school or played uh, baseball for a bit, um, and then entered into the workforce and didn't do well holding a job, again, in his own words. Uh, went uh, through, I think it was around 15 jobs or so. Um, and then his aunt and his wife at the time, now ex-wife, um, worked at American Airlines, so he went and worked there. Um, also wanted to be a lawyer, and so did uh, did some undergraduate work and or, or studied the degree. But then decided he didn't want to be a, a lawyer either, and so read a book that was uh, Think and Grow Rich, um, and was uh, thinking uh, or looking onto things that he could grasp onto based on that. Moved to Texas, uh, started working for a telecom company in a sales job, figured out that was his, or how to monetize his passion, joined another company, made an exit, started his current business, and has also been uh, joining and acquiring a couple other businesses along the way. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Rick. <laughs> Thanks, Devin. I appreciate it. Uh, I forgot we shared that much, so it's interesting to make all that public. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. So makes for a good or makes for a full and a good journey. So with that, now let's go back a, a bit in time um, to when uh, you were in high school, was a, or what were hustling to make money, and how your journey got started there. Yeah, you know, uh, I think for, I think it goes before high school. To be honest, right? I mean, I was uh, I was a kid that would mow your lawn. I'd knock on your door, ask you if you wanted to have your you know your lawn mowed, and you know rolled rolled around in a riding mower and things like that. So I was fortunate enough to have one of those guys around. But um, you know, so I think it started a bit before high school. But you know, rolled into high school, did uh, you know played played a lot of sports, played baseball forever. Um, you know, when I finished there. Uh, you know, I, I started out with a little, little college ball and then, and then quickly realized that that's not making my, uh, it's not, it's not going to achieve my financial success by trying to, trying to play, you know, extend my high school sort of experience and, and play some more ball. So, uh, you know, figured out then, you know, during that time I started to have these small jobs, you know, a, a restaurant or, a you know, a, a, a fast food place, you know, kind of the normal high school sort of jobs didn't like any of them really, you know, I just, I just, uh, I didn't like any of them. Maybe I was a bit, uh, entitled perhaps. I mean, now that I'm a, an adult and uh, I feel like I'm an adult and, and have a, a better understanding of what I was thinking then, uh, it may have been a little in, entitlement or something like that, but, uh, it didn't do well at, at holding a job. 
I always thought I could do something more, you know, you know, it could be more aggressive and do this and do that. So um, that's kind of where, where it rolled into. I will say that uh, I tried a lot of different things growing up as a kid to, to hustle and make some money. You know, uh, I lived fairly close. So I was in Texas is where I worked for American Airlines and I ended up moving to Seattle. Um, but, but there I was pretty close to the, uh, Mexican border as an example. So I sold some blankets before, you know, I, I sold lots of different things. Um, you know, I had friends that were doing, uh, lots of email campaigns, uh, when I was just getting out of high school and this was well before can spam. Uh, and so I did a little emailing for your own sort of nutritional brands and all that stuff. So I, I kind of figured that out for a little while and did some of that. But there was a, you know, a lot of sort of trial and error. I, I had a tobacco license in Texas and, and sold cigars online, you know, so there was quite a few things uh, that I had kind of given a run, but nothing really stuck. I didn't know what I didn't know, to be honest. And, now, one uh, question I'll ask is that's a whole bunch of very different jobs and, you know, pretty well across the board. Sounds like a lot of fun, the, or at least a lot of different opportunities, but was, you know, was a was it that it was a hard time holding down a job because you didn't like having a boss over you? Was it just, you hadn't found something that you enjoyed. And so it was kind of a, a slug or you're saying, you know, or you mentioned maybe a bit of entitlement earlier on or kind of what made you kind of decide to move between jobs or what, or what was it about those jobs that just didn't quite suit you? Yeah. So, so I will say this, I, I was during that trial and error sort of period of, of kind of start wanting to start something. Uh, I, I did have those jobs off. And when I landed at American Airlines, I think I was 20 years old or so. I landed at American Airlines. I, I stayed there for about five years. And the reason I stayed there for five years is because like I told you, I had uh, my aunt and, uh, and my, uh, my, my future uh, bride, ex-wife now, but my future bride there, she, uh, they, they were both working next to me all the time. And so I, I had no choice but to really sort of settle down accept a little bit of responsibility and, uh, and, and be, you know, be productive. And so, so not always thinking about what else was I going to do. Right. But, but in my mind, you know, I'd finished that and I'd always had something else that I was working on or trying to do, you know, and I look at that today and I go, boy, what a loser, you know, that's kind of what I think about myself. Right. But, but I wasn't quite fulfilled in just kind of working a job and feeling like a job was my, was going to be what I was going to do. So that was early on. I, I was, I did not feel that I was going to work uh, for someone early on. Now you're saying, okay, no, bit of, a bit of a mixture of, uh, you know, finding what you're wanting to do, not wanting to work for someone else, figuring out what that means for you and where that's going to lead you. And so you, you know, you, you, you're settled on the job of the airlines and you do that, you said for, was it five or six years? Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, you know, kind of what so you worked uh, under, then you, it sounds like, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, that was it during that time or after that time, you also thought about being a lawyer and reading the book or kind of that was transition kind of going from the air, going those different areas. Yeah. So, so uh, I started off in college, you know, doing a criminal justice degree, did that for, you know, three years, I think. And like I said, I was kind of on that extended plan. You know, I, I went to college for six years. Right. And so uh, I tried a lot of different classes and tried to figure out what it was. But when I went to um, when I went to this orientation for law school and then I, I met a bunch of people there and I was like, these people are really serious about their job. These are about their careers. And I, I just quite I didn't feel like a grown-up, uh, you know, I, I'm a, you know, a summer baby essentially. So I was a bit younger when I graduated high school, but I still didn't feel like I was anywhere near equipped probably intellectually, to be honest, I was probably, you know, uh, uh a bit sort of, um, uh, uh, not embarrassed, but a, a bit, um, intimidated, 
right? And and when I you know entered a room with a bunch of smart people, I was like, oh boy, this may not be for me. Uh, so that was during that time. So all that was all right after right after high school, and then and then running for the next five years trying to figure out if that's what I was going to do. Right? Uh, you always have these aspirations. It's interesting. I'm going through this now with uh, you know thinking about uh, uh, my relate my current relationship. You know, uh, you always have these grand sort of ideas of what you're going to do in life, right? And and when reality starts to set in on, you may not achieve what you initially thought you were going to achieve. You know, you get you get a little discouraged, and so uh, I think that's where I kind of hit on with with being a lawyer. So uh, I was I was trying to figure out what was going to be next. You know, where was I going to go? Um, and then uh, you know I ended up moving to Seattle uh, um, uh, with my girlfriend and uh, and and working at the phone company. I, I had two job offers at uh, when I arrived to Seattle. Number one was Alaska Airlines. And number two was U.S. West, the phone company. And, uh, and I thought, well, you know, I'd already, I've already done the airline thing for a good while. And it's colder in Seattle than it is in Texas. It's wetter in Seattle than it is in Texas. And I thought, well, I, I, don't, I don't want to be outside at all. So, uh, so I ended up taking the, the phone company job. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of where, where things kind of kicked off. And at the time, I was reading a bunch of motivational material, right? So it was, maybe it was some Tony Robbins. Maybe it was some Zig Ziglar. Maybe it was, you know, lots of different things. but. Uh, Think and Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill uh, certainly was a book that I kind of carried. Uh, I didn't carry it along with me literally, but but I kind of had that as, you know, what I had remembered. And I, I think I read it 23 times or so. That's a good amount of time to read it. And hopefully uh, a bit of it sunk in and, and it definitely makes sense. So, so you say, okay, bounced around a lot, you know, did the airlines for a bit of time, thought about being a lawyer, now, you know, and then decided, okay, going to go into the, the telecoms. And I think if I, when I, we chatted a bit before, it was also the the more of the sales position and selling that uh, was interesting to you and hopefully not putting too many words in your mouth. Oh. But then I, I believe that uh, after you kind of found that that was a bit more where you're passionate about, passionate about and how you can monetize that passion, you went and joined a different company and then made an exit at one point. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll walk you through that. So essentially what happens is I work at the phone company for five years and they do an excellent job of training you. They do an excellent job of teaching you the very basics of things, right? Uh, and, then, and then kind of releasing you out. So we did that. Um, and that was, um, you know, again, it was five years worth of training there. Uh, I went to a competitive phone company after that. Uh, it was MCI. At that time, I kind of figured out, here's the deal. This is my skill. Or this is not just selling, but selling was certainly where I where I kind of excelled. But but telecom in general, telecom in general is where I'm gonna, you know, make my living. And I forced myself, right? And this was in the early two thousand, late late nineties and early two thousands, when everyone was kind of migrating to software, and software was the cool thing, right? Uh, I stayed in telecom. I forced myself to stay in telecom because I felt like you needed to put in your time into whatever, you know, every book tells you, right. You're going to do a business, do a business that, you know, right. You've got it. It's something that, you know. Uh, and so I forced myself to stay in telecom, went to MCI for a couple of years. And then I went to a small company after that. And the small company I went to, in fact, the, uh, the former CEO of that company, he, he's, he's long sold out of the telecom space. Now he owns 20 or 30 luxury car dealerships around the country, right? But I learned so much from him in the course of two years. It was a small telecom company. 
Uh, and, and that was when I realized, look, I could start my own telecom company. I could do my own telecom. This is not, you know, it's a, it's a difficult business because it's a regulated business and there's a lot of components to it. But when you know the business, thank you very much, U.S. West for the training, right? And MCI. And when you know the business, uh, it's something that you think of and you go, I can, I can actually do this. And again, going back to my Napoleon Hill is, you know, uh, is acquired specific, uh, specific applied knowledge, right? You can monetize specific applied knowledge. So if you know something very, very well, you can build a business around it, right? Better than anybody else, you can build a business around it. So I went to that small company, sold, uh, that company sold. I wasn't a, a shareholder in that. I was just, uh, you know, I was a, the leadership in their sales department, essentially. And then I went to another company. In this company, uh, it was called 360 Networks. And 360 Networks was an a carrier for the carrier. So what I got to see for a person that knew I was going to one day be in the telecom business for myself, I looked at this and I thought, well, I could go to the largest carriers in the, in the country and I, I, I can speak to their leadership. I understand what they're doing. I understand their marketplace and I get to see how they acquire customers. So I had this sort of perched view on hundreds of companies and how they operated. And so for me, it was like, oh, this is exciting, right? I get to see how everything runs. Uh, and so I, I was fortunate enough to, to, do, to stay in that role uh, six or seven years and then ended up doing some mergers and acquisitions for them uh, in, at that same company. So acquiring different uh, organizations and, and bundling them with our, our organization at that time. Uh, when we sold that business, I started G12 Communications. Oh, and that makes sense. So you sold that business and said, okay, and I, I like how you hit on, you know, when you become an expert in the, you know, or gain a lot of experience in a given area, it does be, it does lend itself to saying, why, why don't I do it? Now, some people are saying, I don't want to be or run my own business. And I don't want to take on that, you know, additional stress or additional, you know, those type of things. Um, but on the other hand, if you're more entrepreneur minded or want to do it on your own, you're saying, okay, I can figure this out. I can do it now. Sometimes you get into it and you figure out, hey, that was a lot harder than I thought it would be. But nonetheless, it gives you a foundation to build from. And I think that that is oftentimes the impetus for, you know, where what uh, moves you to, to make that leap. And so now you make that leap, you go start your own business, you're, you're building that, you're growing it, and you're saying, I can do this. How did it go? In other words, was it a great success and skyrocket to the top? Or was it bumpy and, you know, had the good times and the bad times? Was it all downhill or kind of how did it go for you? Uh, I'll say this for those of you who, who want an eight to five job and who want to knock off at the end of the day and, and, and let the TV wash over you and, and hang out in a, in a, in a lounger being an entrepreneur isn't for you. Cause I, I, it was, I didn't know what I didn't know. All the, all the little starts and stops along the way, you know, the, the 10, you know, little businesses that I kind of dabbled in to try here and there. All of them were part of why we succeeded at G12, right? But I still, you get into an organ, you get into a business and you think you know what you're doing. And then you quickly realize that this gets really, really deep and it gets really, really hard. And there's no one behind you. There's no one to, to help shake it off. There's no one to help, you know, alleviate the, the, the aggravation, the stress, right? The, uh, uh, the just the hard hard work. There's no one to to to, to alleviate from you. You you are the backstop for everything. Uh, and so it was rough. I will say it was a rough start. Um, you know, uh, we started. It was me and a partner. We started together. Uh, and one thing that I learned along the way is uh, 
there's, there's some things that some people are good at and there's some things that, you know, that, that others aren't. So here's how it ended up. I was not the financial and legal guy, but, but I partnered up with a financial and legal guy. Right. Uh, and so that made all the difference in the world. Right. And, and to boot, he had a work ethic at the time, you know, just as strong as mine. And so, uh, you know, we could, we could really work through anything together. Uh, so that was, that, that's really what's, what's been just a, you know, uh, I've heard the sayings my, the best business partners are me, myself and I, right. Uh, but, uh, but ultimately uh, I'm very fortunate to work with this individual because uh, he brings a level of sophistication to our, our, our legal and financial and, and corporate organization that I couldn't bring, right. I could bring product development. I can bring, you know, uh, selling the product. I can, I can build the product and support the product but I couldn't bring those other corporate sort of uh, 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 skill sets. Right. And so uh, having, having a partner uh, with me to do that has been great, but I, I will tell you at the very beginning, it was rough and we're a phone company, right? So early on, I can tell you, uh, this is probably, I probably shouldn't say this is kind of funny, but you know, we take some boxes and go hand deliver them to some places before we kind of didn't know, you know, kind of the, everything that we need to know. So just to check it out and just to see how it worked out. So our first few customers hand delivered some things, uh, in fact, in a law office, uh, one of our very first customers in a law office, I saw um, uh, the uh, lead attorney fell down, uh, had a, a basically a stroke uh, in the hallway, and they ran to our phones and dialed 911. And I remember thinking in my head, wow, I hope 911 is going to work. I mean, we've done everything right. Let's see if this 911 works. And it that's was not, that's not at the time you want to you want to have something go wrong. I was in the office when this happens, right? And I'm just like, well, and and the authorities were there, and I was like, oh, we did everything right. You know, we did do everything right. Um, but but it's still, it's like you're, you know, this is you, you just don't know what you don't know, uh, and so it's very very hard. Uh, I will say that uh, once you do it for a while, we're you know we're a ten year old, eleven year old company now. Uh, now we've got, you know, 50 people and, you know, there's, you know, uh, job recs open for people and growing and growing. And, and now, you know, we're, we're kind of the, the, the old kid on the block now, essentially. Right. You know, it's like uh, we, we, we know exactly what we're doing. We're scaling appropriately, you know, not too fast, not too slow. And, and now it's a fun, fun organization to be a part of. And you look at this and you go, that was, uh, you know, call it seven or eight years of just real, real grind. Like, you know, like, you know, get your overalls on, you know, you got your shovel and you're digging, you know, so, so uh, it was seven or eight years of a, of a real grind. And, and, you know, the last four or five years have just been amazing. No, and I think that, and I, but I think that there's a lot of uh, commonalities in the sense that, most people, you know, I think that you go into a business with a lot of naivety in the sense, oh, it'll, it'll be a year or two and then we'll just take off and then we'll get things in place. And we'll have all these customers and we'll be so busy. We don't know what to do. Occasionally that's the case. And I'm sure that happens. But I think for the vast majority, it is that first while is a grind. And then you get a bit more success and you get a bit more stability and it's still a grind. And then you actually have a company that you're saying, okay, we're doing well and it's still a grind. And so I don't think, I liked that how you said, if you wanted to do an eight to five 
clock in, clock out, let TV wash over you. I don't think it's a, now on the other hand, I think that you also have a lot of fun. You can have be the direct your own, you know, direct your own destiny and you can have a lot more control and you can be a lot, you know, you can have a lot of reward and there's success and freedom, but it has to be with the understanding. It's not just going to be like it's on TV where you go into work and work for a couple hours in the morning, you go get a lunch off, take off early and, you know, life is just uh, miraculously wonderful and you never have to work again. I think it's far from that, but I think there's also that, as you get bigger, as you have that patience, you you get that uh, more st- or stable or business with the, the with the building success. So I think that's a, a great takeaway. Well, as that kind of brings us up to where it's at, where you're at today, and kind of walks us through your journey, I always uh, end off the podcast uh, with a couple of questions. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what'd you learn from it? Oh. Uh... <laughs> The worst business decision I've ever made. Uh, um, I think the worst business decision I made was was really um, uh, early on. I will tell you, early on, you you try to cut corners, and what I mean by cutting corners is you don't hire an expert where you need an expert. You don't hire, you know, someone who knows something that you don't know, and you just try to wing it. Right. Uh, or or you'll fix it later. Let's just get this done and you'll fix it later. And in some cases, that comes back to really, really bite you. So I think uh, some of the worst decisions I've ever made were around, uh, to be honest, this, you know, not doing some legal documents properly or hiring an attorney to do some legal documents properly, uh, whether that's, you know, uh, uh, maybe a small asset purchase, an asset purchase agreement. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, just stuff like that hiring the right individuals to do the serious stuff. Like if you're going to, if you're going to cut corners, you know, uh, you know, and I don't advise cutting corners anymore now that I'm, I'm a little more seasoned. Right. Uh, but you, when you're bootstrapping, you make some, some good decisions to move you forward because you're trying to kick the door down and you also make some really bad decisions. And so what I would say is, uh, well, here's what I've learned where it really, really matters. And I would say financial decisions, legal decisions, you know, uh, corporate structure, stuff like that, where, where it really, really matters. Um, you really need some experts in your corner and, and you can, you can talk to a lot of different people. There's a lot of resources out there and you can do it inexpensively if you needed to, but boy, having the right resources, not necessarily in place, but finding the right resources, be resourceful instead of being cheap. Okay. So, so that's what I would learn. I would say is important to learn. No, and I think that, you know, it is, it is that, you know, the, a bit of that cash twin kids you're getting going and it is you're, you're always having more things to spend money on than money to spend as a startup and a small business as you're just getting started and you're saying, okay, you know, do I spend it on payroll? Do I spend it on rent? Do I spend it on product development or marketing or do I spend it on legal or do I spend it on accounting? And you're saying all of these competing things. And I think it is to your point, you know, first of all, you know, you're having to balance competing interests, but you need to realize, okay, where are the areas where I can be resourceful? I may be able to do it on my own, at least for a period of time with some air sweat equity and where the experts say, hey, I really just have to have somebody that knows what they're doing here because it's going to either hamper the business or set it up for failure or anything else if I don't. And having that ability to understand or to navigate that, I think is, is a great takeaway, but it's easy, also easy to understand how you might, or you can make that mistake of saying, hey, I don't have the money. I'll get it. I'll do it myself when you really don't have the uh, the resources or the ability to do it. So I think that's a, a definitely a good a lesson to learn and an easy mistake to make. Yeah. 
Following up that, the second question I always ask is, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Boy, if you're there, if you're there and you decided to do it, how exciting for you. It's, it's very exciting, right? I, I wouldn't do anything different. Uh, I love my business. I love being in business. I love that you know, our, our employees are, are my family essentially, and we, we, we support their families and, and it's, uh, it, it's the best thing that I've ever done, right? Start uh, G12. But what, what I would say is prepare to work hard, put, put, uh, and, and give it the runway that it deserves. And when I say by what I mean by runway is, you know, uh, it's going to take longer than what you think to be successful. It's got, yeah, I think people are looking for short, short-term wins, right? Uh, uh, get rich quick, whatever it is. But, but if you think in terms of decades, you know, in, instead of in the next two years, I'm going to make this much money, right? If you think in terms of, you know, put some longevity behind your plan, right? And then go execute on your plan because those, the, the correct expectations will be set. Uh, you'll build a solid foundation. You'll learn a ton along the way. You'll have a lot of fun. But, uh, but that, that's kind of, I guess that would be my advice is, you know, uh, think in terms, think a little, think a little longer term instead of short term. Yeah. No, and I, I think that that's a, you know, if, if nothing else is a good takeaway and a lot of times you're saying, Hey, everything's, you know, I got to put out the fires now that are the, the most urgent. And, and, and there's some truth to that. If you have fires and it's going to burn the building down or your business down, so to speak, you need to do that. But if all you're doing is putting out today's fires and never looking at the long term, you're forever going to be running a short-term business that isn't going to or have the success that you need. So I, I like that, having that uh, long-term at, or outlook on it. So with it, as we wrap up the, the the podcast, we wrap up this episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, so the website's g12com.com. It's uh, g12com.com. You could head over to g12com.com. Uh, uh, you could uh, send me an email, rgarcia at g12com.com. Find me on LinkedIn. It's Rick Garcia. You'll, you know, at G12, you'll find me on LinkedIn there. So uh, feel free to reach out, uh, send me a note. Uh, we'd love to chat and meet you and uh, and listen to your story. And, and maybe we'll trade stories. And it's fun to talk to entrepreneurs all the time. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, connect, and uh, and uh, support a great uh, business, especially if you're looking at anything in the telecom. And with that, um, as we uh, as we wrap up the podcast, thank you again uh, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Also, as a listener, if you can make sure to click subscribe, click like, click follow, click share, because we want to make sure that everybody finds out about all these awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your with your business, with any patents, trademarks, or anything else, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Rick, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks for having me, Devin. Take care.